Welcome to the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're continuing our Lenten series called Vices. Get ready because the Sermon Cast begins now. Hey, I'm so glad you're joining us for this fifth week of our Vices series. I hope this series has been helpful for you, especially as we traveled uh, through Lent. And so I want to invite you, if you have enjoyed this uh, sermon cast so far, if it's been helpful to you, I want to invite you to like it. I want to uh, heart it, depending on what uh, platform you're listening on. Subscribe, follow, do all those things and share with people. Uh, We really want to be able to share this content with other people. So if you've enjoyed it, it's probably likely that your friends will enjoy it. So help us to continue to share this podcast by, uh, just like I said, like it, subscribe to it, follow it, share it with your friends, family. Uh, We really want to, we would really love your help in doing that. Well, let me ask you as we dive into this final week of vices, if I asked you to come up with a visual representation of the vice of sloth, what would come to mind? For me, there's two things that come to mind. First, I cannot help but picture an actual sloth, particularly the DMV sloth in the movie Zootopia, where he's just extremely slow. You know what I'm talking about? If you've seen that movie, you can picture that sloth uh, very easily. The second thing I would visualize, particularly in the context of vices, is the word laziness. See, in my mind, someone who struggles with the vice of sloth is someone who is a couch potato, someone who never wants to do anything, who never wants to work, never wants to clean up after themselves, right? For me, sloth is really just the epitome of laziness in every way possible, and I try to avoid being seen as such at whatever cost necessary. Like, I do not like to be lazy or even be seen as someone who's lazy. And I have to tell you, throughout my life, people have used a lot of words to describe me, both good and bad, I'll be honest, but but laziness has never been a word that's been used to describe me. I like to work. I like to get stuff done. And while I do enjoy sitting on the couch and watching a whole Netflix series in one weekend, I only do that to rest after working for many hours, sometimes like a whole week at a time, right? Which is why as I prepared for this series, I honestly never imagined we would cover this vice of sloth. Why would I cover something that I'm not guilty of? But here we are, talking about sloth. Let me tell you why. As I was doing research on this vice, I found myself having to do a double take on what this vice actually means. And while I did, I realized that I was actually very guilty of sloth. Not because I'm lazy, but because sloth actually means more than laziness. And my guess is that once you better understand this vice, many of you will also realize that you struggle with sloth as well. Now, let me explain. You have to understand that the original list of vices was created by a group of monks who had intentionally chosen to leave everything behind to go live in monasteries or out in the desert. Now, these monks later came to be known as the Desert Fathers and Mothers, and what made them special was that they lived a very different life than you and I. See, they were so committed to living out their faith that they decided to leave everything behind and move out to a place where there's absolutely no distractions. And what better place to do that than in a desert, right? I mean, surely there's no distractions in a desert. Now, as I mentioned earlier, they did this so that they could fully devote themselves, free of distractions, to a journey known as sanctification. Sanctification. 
Now, in case you've never heard this word, sanctification, before, let, let me define it. In the United Methodist Church, we define sanctification as the process of becoming more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Now, we don't become Jesus. We just intentionally immerse ourselves into practices and habits known as means of grace, which will help us uh, be more like Jesus in this world, right? We can respond to things of this world more like Jesus would. We, we can um, uh, live in this world like Jesus would, right? So it's a process of becoming more like Jesus. In her book, Glittering Vices, Rebecca DeYoung says this about sanctification. She says, sanctification is the project of growing uh, our new identity, which takes a lifetime and a lifetime of cooperation on our part. At Mid-City Church, the main practices and habits that we use to journey towards sanctification is, uh, first of all, growing in small groups, which includes reading scripture, gathering with other Christians, and prayer. Uh, it also includes uh, gathering in worship, right? We get together once a month. We have uh, worship and fellowship and breakfast um, and giving our life in service to others, right? These are the three main things that we do at Mid-City. Now, these are not the only ways, but for us, we believe that if we immerse ourselves into these three practices, we will live out our journey towards sanctification, right? Our journey of becoming more like Jesus in this world. Now, the Desert Fathers also had practices of their own, but for them, living out their journey towards sanctification was so important to them that they intentionally escaped the distractions of this world to more fully devote themselves to sanctification. But for some reason, even though they were, had moved to a place free of distractions, these distractions didn't fully go away. As they intentionally devoted themselves to sanctification, one of the desert fathers, this guy named Evagrius Ponticus, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he pointed out that even there, in a place that was supposed to be free of distractions, there was still something trying to, to, to uh, take their attention, his attention and his devotion away from the thing that should matter most to us Christians, right? To, to sanctification, right? That's the thing that should matter most to us. Now, here's what he says about this distraction. He says, the demon of Acedia, which today is known as Sloth, is also called the noonday demon. It is the most oppressive of all the demons. He attacks the monk about the fourth hour, which is around 10 a.m., and besieges his soul until the eighth hour, so about 2 p.m. First of all, he makes it appear that the sun moves slowly, or not at all, and that the day seems to be 50 hours long. Then he compels the monk to look constantly towards the windows, to jump out of the cell, to watch the sun, to see how far it is from the ninth hour, three o'clock, to look this way and that. And further, he instills in him a dislike for the place and for his state of life itself, for manual labor, and also the idea that love has disappeared from among the brothers and there is no one to console him. And should there be someone during those days who has offended the monk, this too the demon uses to add further dislike of the place. He leads him on to desire for other places where he can easily find the wherewithal to meet his needs and pursue a trade that is easier or more productive. Now, you can probably relate to a lot of what he's saying, right? Sometimes the days are just so long. Sometimes we try to get work done, but we can't do it. And then these distractions begin to come up, right? We start thinking of, oh, I should clean this, or I should go cook first, or I should do uh, this instead of what I'm supposed to be doing, right? The, the, the Evagrius, this monk, what he realized was he, he had immersed himself into a place where he was supposed to be free of distractions so he could concentrate on this journey of uh, sanctification 
And even in this place that was supposed to be free of distractions, he found himself being distracted, wondering how much time had gone on, thinking about uh, the arguments that had happened between the other monks, uh, wondering uh, how slow the clock was going, right? All these things started crossing his mind. So let me ask you, have you been able to identify what acedia or sloth is? If not, let me help you. The vice of acedia, right, also known as sloth, is the vice of falling into the trap of distractions. And for Evagrius, this is the vice that most affects all people because all of us fall trapped to the distractions, right? Especially when we're trying to live at our journey towards sanctification, of trying to be more like Jesus. Now, in her book, De Young says this, sloth sabotages sanctification, See, at its core, the vice of sloth is a distraction, an apathy, even a procrastination, right? Keeping us from saying yes to our journey of sanctification, which truly is the most important thing we as Christians are called to do. So I, I can't help but ask the question, is sloth really just laziness? I guess on one hand, it can be. It's true that watching the whole second season of Bridgerton in one day is keeping us from saying yes to our journey of sanctification, but it's also possible that after a full week of work and intentionally spending time practicing our spiritual disciplines, that we just need some rest. And if that's the case, then maybe binge-watching is a form of Sabbath, not sloth. On the other hand, though, it's also entirely possible that sloth has played out through our busyness. De Young says this, It turns out that the apathetic inertia of the lazy person and the perpetual motion of the busy person could both reveal a heart affected by this vice. Now, this is where we fall trapped to the vice of sloth. Just think about it. Think about the times you have said no to your spiritual disciplines. When you've said no to things like worship or small groups or even serving others, because in your mind, you had too much work to do. You had too much stuff to get done, right? Think about the times you could afford uh, th- uh, during those things. Think of the times that you could afford to stop, right? Like you can put your work down. You could uh, not worry about the house for another hour and instead focus on your spiritual journey. But instead, you and I, we allow our busyness to take priority, Now, before you feel attacked, let me say this. Just as binge-watching a show can either be sloth or Sabbath, depending on the circumstance, I also believe that work can be either a responsible act or a mere distraction, right? A a thing of sloth. Now, it all depends on the reality of the situation, like I said earlier, which means that sloth can show itself through laziness or even the restless distraction of workaholism. The question is, How do we identify when this is happening, and what do we do about it? Evagrius and the early desert fathers would tell us that whenever we find ourselves being distracted from sanctification, we need to double down and stay the course. We need to make a choice, right, in the face of distraction, to stay the course, to continue to choose our time with Jesus over all other things, no matter how much we get distracted, In the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, we hear this story. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has uh, let me do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. 
you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, we've talked about this story before, but I just felt like it needed to be looked at again. So we're told that Jesus is standing right in Martha and Mary's living room, right? Right in the middle of their house. And Martha has to make a choice. She has to choose either being present with Jesus or focusing on the work that needs to get done. And in this moment, with Jesus physically present in her living room, she chooses work. Now, before we judge her, we do this all the time. We spend hours upon hours doing stuff for work or finishing homework, but because of that, we spend as little time as possible deepening our faith. We spend hours upon hours uh, trying to get better at our hobbies, but because of that, we spend as little time as possible deepening our faith. We spend hours upon hours watching our favorite TV shows, but because of that, we spend as little time as possible deepening our faith. And when we do this, What we're really saying and what Martha was saying through her actions is that Jesus can wait, but everything else can't. And that is a complete opposite of what we're called to do. Let me also say this. Jesus never tells Martha that the work that she needed to do was bad or that it should never get done. Jesus simply reminds Martha and by default reminds you and I that our sanctification journey has to take precedence over all other things. Deepening our faith has to come first and then everything else will fall in place. In other words, what we prioritize is the thing we, uh, are the things that we will have time for, which means that if this journey towards sanctification is truly important to us, then we will intentionally push any distractions away, not for forever, but long enough for us to focus on our spiritual practices first. Let me share a story with you. Just last week, as I was working on my sermon, I hit a writer's block. I knew what I wanted to say. I just couldn't get it on paper, right? Like I had it all in my mind. I had an outline. I was ready to to go. But when I started to write, I just couldn't get it on paper. I tried and I tried and I tried, but I just couldn't shake that writer's block away. So instead, I decided to rearrange every piece of furniture in my office. I literally wasted about two hours rearranging every piece of furniture. And then the next day, I wasted another hour because I didn't finish the night before, right? And and I had to keep uh, wasting time rearranging my office because once I started, I couldn't just leave it a mess. I had to finish. Now, in retrospect, here's what I've realized. I felt so behind that day. I think that was part of the writer's block. I felt so behind that I became afraid to stop and center myself by practicing my spiritual disciplines. Instead, I made myself busier. In that moment, what I really needed was maybe a short nap or a quick walk or even some time to pray and to slow my mind. But instead, I kept working. I kept doing the things that could have easily waited. And in so doing, I allowed the vice of sloth to take over me. I allowed distractions to take over, not only leaving me more and more behind, but also keeping me from learning to trust God in that moment, to turn to God in that moment. As I read our scripture, I am reminded that uh, Jesus says to people like myself and Martha, and maybe even you, you are worried and distracted by many things. See, when life gets hectic and overwhelming and busy, and we feel like we're dropping balls uh, left and right, there is only one thing we need to worry about, 
And that's putting all distractions aside and instead choosing to be present with Jesus. Friends, may we choose time with Jesus over our worries and distractions. May we overcome sloth. And in so doing, may we find the ability to center our lives in Jesus, to to truly experience hope and love and peace and joy in Jesus. May it be so. Amen. I hope you found this sermon to be meaningful and relevant to your life. If you'd like to dive deeper, I invite you to visit midcity.church slash sermoncast and click on the current sermon series. There you can find a home sheet for this sermon that includes the scriptures that we talked about, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge to live out this week. While you're on the website, if you'd like to make a financial contribution to our ministry here at Mid-City Church, you can click the Give button in the top right corner. If you're new to the sermon cast, I invite you to text the word HERE, H-E-R-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662 and fill out a Connect card so that we can get to know you. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I look forward to seeing you next week.